0: To, to church this morning. Would you stand with us? We're gonna worship together. Father, we thank you so much for your presence that's with us this morning. Um, in all that we have around the holiday season, God, in our brokenness and in our joy, God, you are here with us. So we just invite you to uh, permeate our hearts this morning, permeate this space that we could experience of uh, the reality of your loving kindness this morning. So let's sing together.
1: it, we proclaim it, we plead for it, that you would breathe on us, that your presence would be known, manifest among us and everywhere we go, that you would be glorified. Father, we thank you that you, you came into the dark for us, to bring us into the light. Help us to be your light. In this world, we ask these things, Jesus, in your name, by your power, for your kingdom, and for your glory. Amen. Good morning, family, and Merry Christmas. I'm Jenny Sue, and I am so glad that you are here with us this morning. I hope that you are enjoying this Christmas season. For many people, it is a time of great joy and anticipation. But I would like to encourage us all to be mindful of those in our family here, those outside the walls of this church in our community, that this season is a season of darkness, of great grief. Perhaps they're estranged from their families. Perhaps it's a first Christmas season without someone that they loved. Perhaps it is a last Christmas that they are preparing to celebrate with someone they love with an unsure medical prognosis. For a lot of people, this is a really dark season. And one of the things that I love about that is that Jesus came into the dark for you and for me. Whatever your stable is, whatever the dark is, whatever the mess is, Jesus came there to meet us there. And he didn't come as a triumphant king like we want, we expect, we demand. Instead, he came as a slippery, bloody, wet baby, squawking, demanding our attention. And still, Jesus is calling out to us, crying, glory, crying, there is a light in the darkness. One of the things that I love about New Life, and specifically this congregation, is that we work together as a family to reflect God's light into the darkness around us. And there's a lot of ways you can participate in that. One is um, by seeing the people that you're with. You know, the people in the community, the, the person on the street who is experiencing homelessness, the, the woman at the grocery store whose three-year-old child is melting down in the aisle. You can see these people and you can smile at them and you can reflect the love of God to them. Uh, I want to share this encouragement from Zephaniah. Years and years before Jesus broke into the world, he proclaims, From now on, God is your king, in charge, at the center. There is nothing to fear from evil ever again. Jerusalem will be told, Do not be afraid. Dear Zion, don't despair, because your God is present among you, a strong warrior there to save you. Happy to have you back. He'll calm you with his love and delight you with his songs. Here's my favorite part. The accumulated sorrows of your exile will dissipate because I, your God, will get rid of them for you. You've carried these burdens long enough. May it be so. May we come together as a body and love each other well and love those outside the walls well. And you can do that in person and you can do that through your giving because all of the funds given to New Life empower us and equip us to reach those around us with the gospel, with the hope of he who came into the dark. Amen.
0: send the kids off to uh, kids church we're also going to take this time to greet each other Uh, we were just talking about this morning how um, just speaking with somebody that you don't know is a great way to build trust in a community so uh, that's what we want to cultivate here at new life manitou so just take some time uh, ask somebody you don't know uh, some good questions and uh, yeah we'll be back here in uh, just a few moments
2: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas. You're allowed to say Merry Christmas in here, so Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Find a seat. Uh, You uh, might have noticed a couple people have asked, even my kids asked, like, Dad, that one candle's not yet lit. We got to light that candle. Don't worry, that's a part of it. The whole thing, the the Advent candles, we light one per Sunday leading up to Christmas. So next week we will light it, they'll all be lit, and it will represent that Advent is this season where we look forward to Christmas. So Christmas is Monday, next Sunday, the Sunday coming up is Christmas Eve, so on your seats are little invitations, inviting people, inviting you to our Christmas Eve services at 2 and four, so we would love for you to take some of those home. We have more on the back table as well if you want to give them to friends and neighbors and co-workers, fellow students, wherever you are at in life. We would love for you to invite them, and this is the time of year where, hey, people might just come to church with you. It's a joyful time of year. If you invite them, they might come, so we have two services to accommodate everyone, two o'clock, two o'clock, Four o'clock next Sunday, there won't be an AM service. So pick one of those two. Uh, Last year, they were split right down the middle as far as two and four, as far as attendance goes. So pick one. We would love to have you. Christmas Eve, this coming Sunday. Uh, another announcement, because uh, you guys like announcements. Are you okay with announcements? You good with announcements? And this one's a good one, a good news announcement. Uh, we've taken funds that you all give, and so thank you so much when you give to this church. We can do projects like this. We gave a check to the pantry, the Manitou, Span- Manitou Springs pantry in town. They, they uh, have a pantry at St. Andrews, center of the town, and every Wednesday, some of you are involved, Lorelai, I see you, Jenny, uh, Gunner's been there, a few others of you have been involved with the pantry, and so we've given a check to them as a Christmas outreach. We're blessing that uh, community of people that, that gives food to those who need food, and we also gave a check to the Manitou Springs School District. They have a holiday help Program. And so teachers that teach in Manitou Springs Elementary and Middle School and High School see the kids that don't have jackets or maybe wearing the same clothes uh, every day. And so a survey went home with parents just saying, Hey, would you like holiday help this year? And any parent that said, I would, uh, got a part to be a part of this holiday help program. And so we're blessing them with food and clothing and presents. And the school is doing that. We're partnering with the school because they have a really good, like, finger on the pulse of the community and who needs help. And so we gave them a check. I can't write those checks by myself, but corporately we could write those checks and partner with the things happening here in our city of Manitou Springs. Amen? Amen to that. All right, so the sermon today is called Jesus is God. Jesus is God. I'll give you a little run through through, uh, overview of what the sermon's gonna be. We're going to open up scripture. We're going to look at the story of the Magi who visit Jesus. Uh, So that'll be the scripture today. Then we are totally going to nerd out. Some of you get excited about that. We're going to nerd out on theology. We're going to talk about the theology, Christology, behind Jesus being fully God. And then, listen to this, I'm going to tell a story about Santa, the real Santa. And you might be looking at me like, What did he just say he was going to tell a story about? And maybe you're thinking, maybe he doesn't know. I might know. uh, I might not know. But I do have a story. You'll have to wait to the end of the sermon to hear that story. So would you turn into your Bible uh, to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. If you have a paper Bible, uh, if you see someone around you with an actual paper Bible, give them a thumbs up. They brought their Bible to church, well done. If you have the Bible on your phone, that's okay too. If someone next to you is on their phone, kind of just, you know, look over and see what they're doing. Make sure it's it's like, hey man, we're supposed to be on the Bible. Get back on the Bible. (laughs) You you can show people around. Hey, look, it's the Bible app. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. All right. Would you stand with me as we open up and we read the Word of God? And I want you to pay attention to how these magi react when they find Jesus. That's why I'm reading this passage. This is a, one of the many Christmas stories. Pay attention to what the Magi do. These, these men from the East, these wise men, as they're called, what they do when they find Jesus. Some of you already know the answer. It's an answer that I want you to lock into your heart because it's the answer that we should reflect what these Magi do when they find Jesus. Here's the story Matthew 2, verse 1. It says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. They've come to do what? They've come to worship. I mean, there, there's going to be gifts. There's going to be an exchange. There's going to be greetings. But what have they come to do? They've come to worship. And no one corrects them. It's like, hey, man, we don't worship you know, humans. No one corrects them because the hope here, the reason I'm, I'm preaching right here, that, that they believe he is God. They've come to worship him. Verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When he uh, had called together people... Uh, All the people of the chief priests, the teachers of the law, he asked them, where is the Messiah to be born? And and they knew. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And then here's a quote from an Old Testament book, the book of Micah. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly. Secretly, he found out where the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem. That's where the prophecy said that the Messiah would be born. He said, go and search carefully. For the child, as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go worship him. And we find out later, Herod actually wants this child killed because there would be a political, uh, like an upheaval. He he thinks, oh, this person's going to become king. He's going to lose power. It's, it's, he's, he's saying, along with the magi, that he wants to worship. But we find out later, he does not. Verse 9, continuing our story. After they heard the king... They went on the, their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. they bowed down and worshipped him so they find so they come from the east like where like who knows we don't it just says they come from the east they've come a long way they finally find this child, and what do they do? They bow down and they worship him they opened their treasures and you know the rest of the story they presented him with gifts of gold frankincense myrrh they had been warned in a dream not to go back to herod and so they returned to their country by another route this is the word of the lord thanks be to god let's pray god may we search for you and lord we pray may we find you this this christmas season may we find you Throughout our walking and searching and, and, and believing and hoping in you. And Lord, may our reaction be like the wise men here. May we bow down. May we worship you. May you fill us with your joy this Christmas season. Lord, we pray this in your name. We hope this in your name. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Uh, The first point today is is one of those like uh, a t-shirt theology, kind of a bumper sticker theology, kind of a dad joke theology. I'm a dad. I like dad jokes. So I get to show you some dad jokes. Here is the first point. Uh, Maybe you've seen this before. Wise men still seek him today. Get it? No one gets it. Like we, the wise men still. I'm I the only dad in here that enjoys good dad joke theology. Wise men still seek him today. They did, and they do still seek him today. Here's some fun facts about these magi. Uh, in the in the Greek, the the word is magoi, and it's a hard word to translate. Like we like the the most direct translation maybe could be magicians. But you have an image of your head of like, you know, a a guy at like a kid's party pulling out a rabbit out of a hat. Like, no, they weren't like that. Uh, Maybe another translation would be astrologer. But then you're like, well, that gets too into like weird uh, non-Christian beliefs. These guys were looking at the stars and trying to find patterns. It's very unusual this whole story another translation uh, of course for these guys is wise men uh some have even said like these were the ancient world of scientists like scientists were trying to find the coming messiah and i don't know the best word on how to translate uh sometimes it's even referred to these these men that come to find the messiah are kings uh dignitaries they come from a long way off where do they come from it just says the east. Like It, it doesn't say, like, some people have, have conjectured maybe it's India. Some people have said maybe it's even, like, way east, like China. Some people, I'm kind of of the opinion that maybe they came from Babylon. And I'm also under the opinion, that this is just all conjecture. Am I okay to just throw some guesses out? This is, like, fun Christmas kind of, like, we could talk about this later kind of stuff. But uh, Daniel, in the book of Daniel... Uh, if you're familiar with that book of the Bible, Old Testament, five hundred years before Jesus came, it's a prophetic book. It's about a guy who lived in Babylon, and he had uh, he was around the king of that time. And it says he was also around the Magoi. The Greek translation of the the Septuagint is what it's called. Of the Old Testament, List this word, the Magoi. The, the same. Greek word in the Greek text of the Hebrew has Daniel hanging out with these magoi, which is, oh, that's kind of interesting. Could these wise men, and this is all conjecture, am I okay? Just to conjecture, just to guess right now, that maybe these guys were descendants in not their knowledge of the Daniel prophecies and teachings looking for the coming Messiah. It's all just a guess. It's fun to think about. It's fun to talk about around Christmas. Who were these people that came? And, and why did they come? Well, they, they saw a star moving. And they saw that, well, maybe this is the star of the coming king, the Messiah, and so when you look at this story, you see uh, some people coming from the east to find the Messiah. Here's a good question for you. How many of them were there? Everybody, I'm, I'm, I'm just every, What's on the Hallmark card? How many are on the Hallmark card? There's three. There's always three in all the paintings. Why is there three? Well, somebody had to hold the gold. Somebody had to hold the frankincense. And somebody had to hold the myrrh. So in all the, the nativity scenes and all the Hallmark cards, there's three of them. But does it say how many there were? It just says, yeah, it just says they, the wise men from the east, and it is plural, so there's at least two of them, but some traditions put it at the number 12. Some of them, uh, of course, you know, the tradition is three. Uh, we don't know, but we can assume that if they came from a long ways away, they would have been traveling with a the caravan. They would have been traveling, especially if they had a lot of wealth with them, this huge gift that they were bringing from the east you would think that they would have a security detail. They would have, uh, you know, uh, uh, different people to take care of the animals who were carrying the stuff. And then people to set up the tents and people to, to, to look. I mean, there was probably a huge group of people that showed up in Jerusalem. And that's why the whole city, this capital city, was in uproar over these people that had come looking for the king. Looking for God himself to worship. And and you have to, like like, just think about this story. Like, this is... One of those stories in the Bible that's like, this is beautiful. This is bizarre. Like people looking at the stars trying to find God, and then they find him. And when they find him, they show up, there's a greeting, and then, of course, they give him these, these gifts, gold, gold frankincense, and myrrh. Frankincense and myrrh are both spices. They're both incense, very expensive. I have told, the, told you this guest before, and some of you were astounded and wanted to disagree, and that's totally okay. We could disagree about this stuff after service. This is fun stuff to disagree about, uh, but I was just thinking about the value of the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Does it say how much gold, frankincense, and myrrh they brought? It doesn't say how much, so we have no idea the amount of money, but I put it, and some of you are going to get mad because they're like, how does he know? I don't know. I'm just throwing out a guess uh, that this gift was in the millions of dollars. And you're like, whoa, no way. How, how would you say it? Why would you say that? Well, like in our money. And, and a couple million dollars is like maybe 10 trips to the grocery store these days. Um, <laughs> but I I personally think it was a whole bunch of money because it had to provide money for the family to flee to Egypt and they had to live there for quite a long time and then they come back like the travel expenses living in a foreign country and coming back like someone had a like it was probably this gift that paid for that, and then you just think about like Jesus' ministry when he's uh, when he's older. Like here's Jesus, and he calls twelve disciples. Here's twelve guys out of work and all the travel expenses for traveling all around. Like where did all that money come from? And they didn't travel in style. You know, they were kind of homeless. Jesus says, you know, A foxes have dens, but I have nowhere to rest my head. They traveled very cheaply, but I'm thinking that maybe some of that money to fund his ministry was a leftover from this gift. And you might be thinking to me, how do you know all that? I don't. This is just a fun guess. It's Christmas. Like we could think and we could dream, right? <laughs> really? Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. So that's my guess. But here's what I want to point. Here's the point of, of bringing up this scripture and why I chose this scripture is that these magi, these kings from the east, these wise men, they have the right response to Jesus. They find him, they search for him, And when he is found, they worship him. Can I tell you a story? This is a story from uh, many years ago. I've lived in Manitou now, I think almost 18 years, and this is, before we planted this church, I was at a coffee shop, it's now Red Dog Coffee Shop, do you guys know Red Dog Coffee Shop in Manitou? It's owned by some Christians, a Christian couple, so a shout out to Red Dog Coffee Shop, but before it was Red Dog Coffee Shop, it was another coffee shop, I forget the name, and I was in that coffee shop meeting with someone who had just become a Christian, so I was the college and young adults pastor at New Life North, again, once again, this this is before a new life, Manitou is planted. And I'm having coffee with a guy who is brand new to faith. He had just given his life to the Lord and we're talking about that. It was a great conversation. We see some people that, that I knew from Manitou, like the stereotypical Manitou people, and they see that we're talking about the Bible and we have the Bible open. And so they come over and are like, oh yeah, man, I read the Bible sometime, dude. and And I also... Uh, study Buddha sometime, dude, and he was a cool dude. And and then some of his friends come over and we kind of welcome it and they're like half sitting, half standing, entering into our conversation, uh, saying dude like every four words. And and they're talking about how they're searching and how they've searched the Bible and how they're seeking and they're they're looking at dabbling in this and the, oh, I've read the Quran, man, and I've read you know some of Buddhist teachings and Hinduism's pretty cool too, dude. And they're talking about how they're Searching, and I think like that's maybe maybe I'm uh, oversimplifying it, but that seems pretty stereotypical of like the average Manitoid that, that they're just searching and they're they're looking at different things. And a popular thing to say in in our neck of the woods in Manitou, a very I, I would say a very spiritual town, is that people are searching and looking. And wondering and wandering. Wouldn't you say that about our world today, especially in a spiritual place like Manitou, that the average person is, is just cool with, with searching and looking and, and wondering and wandering, right? And so they're talking about that and all kind of nodding their head. And my friend, who's brand new to Christ, says, Well, I've been searching too, but my searching stopped when I found Jesus. And it was like, the, like in a movie, like when the music stops and like the record, like, and, and they were just like, what? And they all looked at him like, dude, and they actually said, I wrote this down, we're not here to find, we're just here to search. Like, that's what they said. That's what they were saying. It was just, I was just looking at them like, are you serious? Like, you're, you're just searching? Like, that's, you're just wandering around? Like, I think about like, someone loses their keys and they're wandering around searching for their keys and then they find them. And then they're like, well, that was actually kind of fun. I'm gonna keep looking for them. It's like, are you out of your mind? Like, like the point of searching is to find. And these guys were like, like, unapologetically, Like saying, hey man, we we are just searching. That's the point. Like we're all just searching. We're not actually trying to find. They admitted that. And I have some really, really good news for everyone listening. Whether you're listening online or you're in this room, the really good news, this Christmas season, all the seasons of the church calendar point to God can be found. He wants to be found. Jesus has come to this earth because he's God. He's not just a guide along the way or a good teacher. He is a God. He is a teacher. He is a prophet. But he is God himself who has come to make himself known. Amen? Which brings us to this second point. Jesus is fully God. The title of the sermon is Jesus is God. And the second point here is I really want to make it known. This is what we're talking about. As we lead towards Christmas, I really want us to know that Jesus is fully God. All four gospels, you know, there's four gospels: Matthew, Mark, help me out, Luke, John. They all have this central point to show us, to prove to us, the readers that Jesus is God. He is who he claimed to be, and he says that he's God. He says many things, like "I and the Father am one." You know, the book of Mark starts off with this statement. Mark one one says, "In the beginning, uh, the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son." of God that's how Mark starts and then the book of uh the gospel of Mark goes on to explain well this is what it means to be the son of God he's one in being with God he says before Abraham was I am I am the father and one Do you know the book of John Do you know how the gospel of John starts off some of you may have memorized this how's it go in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and then it goes on, as you're like, what's the, what's the word? What's this word, word? Well, the word, word in English is, uh, in Greek, excuse me, is logos. In K and O, logos. In the beginning was this logos. And the logos was with God. And the logos was God. And then it goes on to say who the logos is. The logos, the word, became flesh, made his dwelling among us. And John the Baptist came to prepare the way. This is Jesus. So you're like, Whoa. If you're reading that for the first time, you're like, did, did John just say that Jesus was with God in the beginning and was God? Yes, he does. That's how the gospel of John starts. The, the gospel of Luke, we read this story yesterday, uh, last week. Excuse me, it's been a long day. Um, Last Sunday when we were here, we read the, the Christmas story in Luke, and it says, angels appeared to sh- these shepherds and said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So, Who's been born this day? The Lord, the Messiah, the Christ, the one who has been, been talked about all through the Old Testament. He is now here, and he's Savior Christ. The Lord has been born. And then the, the, the angels tell the shepherd, this is going to be a sign. He's been born to you in, in the Bethlehem. He's wrapped in swaddling clothes, and then he's going to be lying in an animal feeding trough. And then the shepherds go, and they find him, and there's great joy. And you know the rest of the story. We read it last week. The B- Gospel of Matthew, it says in chapter 1 that Jesus is going to be born, and you're going to give the name Emmanuel. What's that Hebrew word mean? Anybody know? Christmas quiz for you. It means God with us. Good job, congregation. That's exactly what it means, God with us. And someone uh, hesitant or looking onto the story, well, that's just maybe his name, God with us. But then it goes on, and we just read it today, that the first people to come from the east and meet with him, what do they do when they find him? They bow down and worship him. They should have been corrected and rebuked if this was just another human being. But no, if, if this was God himself. This this is not just someone who's going to be a great teacher, a prophet, a guide, a, a, a source. This is going to be God himself. This is God himself. Past tense, present tense, future tense. This is God come to earth. Let me give you a, a chart. Can I draw a little chart for you? So some of you are going to, I just have to apologize for, it's going to be a silly kind of chart, but Uh, We're going to nerd out here a little bit. Can we nerd out for just a minute? So let me draw uh, a picture. Yeah, we'll do the nerd alert. If you know what a nerd alert is, nerd alert. Okay, if you don't know what that is, uh, this is just a weird church. Um, So uh, let me draw... God, and, and you might be like, whoa, whoa, what do you mean you're going to draw God? There, there's, there's no image that you can make for God. In fact, that would be idolatry. And so I'm going to draw kind of the, the, the opposite or a mystery of, of God. And uh, this is how God is sometimes uh, talked about in the mystery because God doesn't, God doesn't have, a, a, you, know, you can't make an image or an idol of God. And so I've drawn a cloud. And this is just to represent God on this chart. And you'll have to excuse the silliness of the whole chart thing, but I'm going somewhere with this. And so if this is God, if this cloud is God, and God sometimes manifests himself throughout the Old Testament, for instance, as a cloud in the temple or a cloud by day and a fire by night as, as the Israelites were going through the desert, this is a cloud, the mystery of God's presence in a cloud. So in this chart, here's God, a cloud, if you would forgive the silliness. Um, And so here's a line below God, and this line, it's going to represent what God has created. So we have God and a line, and everything below the line is God's creation. Everything above the line is God. Everything, all that is, seen or unseen, is either God or God's creation. So we as Christians, we would say, well, there wasn't like a pre-existent universe or laws of gravity and things that that produced God. No, 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 no. We would say there was God and out of God came all things, came the universe, came laws of gravity, these, these things. So there's God above the line and there's God's creation below the line. And we could say, well, right at the top of God's creation is humans, Adam and Eve created in the form of God. In the form of God, the image of God, he created them. So there's human beings. Maybe at the bottom would be, uh, I really don't like these creatures. Uh, this is one of my least favorite creatures. And it is a bat. Anybody else not like bats? But, yeah, what Abby, you're the only one. Nobody else. I mean, I, to, I to, like flying around, these nasty little creatures, like little rats that want to bite you and give you rabies. And, and what's weird is, some of you know this about me, it's kind of weird, one of my hobbies is Caving, Or spelunking, if you must. Um, and uh, there's caves, that's where bats live. And so usually most ca- and some of you are like, wait, what are we talking about right now? Did the pastor just say he's into caving? And yes, I did. And probably some of you are thinking, why can't you just get into golf? Why does my pastor have to be so weird? And I apologize. It's just, it's, it's, in, it's Manitou. Manitou's weird. There's caves in Manitou. I found the caves because I was in Manitou. Got a part of a clay, caving club. Became licensed as a caving guide. So, I could take people caving in some of the caves in Williams Canyon. Anyways, when I get into a cave and I see a bat, I'm just, I'm in fear and I'm disgusted. I hate these little creatures. So, they are at the bottom, and humans are somewhere very close to the top of this line of creation. And if you'll excuse the silliness, I will now ask you a question Where do we put Jesus? And so, I had a little, uh, I printed this out. My son Jay colored it this morning. And if you'll for, forgive the silliness of it, uh, but think about where would we put Jesus? And some people would, might say, well, if if you're looking at the Gospels and, and you, you think that, um, you, you know, like my the guys that I told you about in the coffee shop, they're like studying Jesus and saying, dude, and also studying Buddhism and Hinduism. They would say, hey, Jesus was a great teacher, dude. Jesus was a prophet, dude. He was like Best And so he's definitely above the bats and he might be even be way up here. So, so you put him like his head is almost touching the line is, is where a lot of people in our day and age would put Jesus as uh, someone who knew something, as someone who guided others into truth, someone who spoke about love, uh, someone who's who's really, really knew something and knew some mysteries and secrets. This is where I think most of the people in our society would put Jesus Right at the top of creation, someone who was very close to God, very very close to the top of the line, and some people might might take it one step further. Well, well, there was some, some people might say, well, there's something really special about Jesus, and he, he was a good prophet, but man, he he knew something, and and maybe they they would say maybe he's like half half God, half you know created being somewhere maybe on the line. And maybe if you're new to church, you're like, well, is that, isn't that what the Bible says? You know, doesn't the Bible say he's half God, half, he's half creation? And to that we would say, no. Do you know where we would put Jesus in this chart? And please forgive the silliness of the chart, but lean in to the theology and the Christology. Here is where we would put Jesus. We would put him fully above the line, one in being with God, one in being with the Father. In fact, this was one of the, the most important theologies of the early church. That all the disciples believed this. Uh, G, they believed it because Jesus claimed that he was God. All the earlier, uh, er, the early church, right at the very beginning, said, Well, Jesus is fully God. That's where he is. He is one in being with the Father. In fact, they, they had, a, had a creed. Um, had a council of Nicaea. I'm gonna put this away to talk about uh, this council of Nicaea. And Nicaea is this this place in what is today Turkey, and they had a council. And, and early Christians, it was illegal to be a Christian. But once Christianity was legalized, they brought all these bishops, these leaders, to the city of Nicaea. They didn't have a better name for it, so they called it the Council of Nicaea. And because it was there, they came up with a creed. And the creed was called the Nicene Creed. And at the very beginning of this, this council... Everyone was on the same page. Jesus is fully God. That's what the Apostles' Creed said. That predated the Council of Nicaea. That's what the disciples said. That's what the text of Scripture said. That's what the Gospels say. Everyone's on the same page except for this one person. If you know a little bit about church history, you know that his name was Arius. And Arius promoted this idea as as a heresy that Jesus was below that line of creation, that Jesus was a created being of God, that Jesus was was a really good teacher, a really good prophet, a really good guide to God. But Arius said that Jesus wasn't fully God. And that caused, people are like, what do you mean? It says so clearly in scripture that he claimed to be God. It says so clearly that the people following him believed he was God. And so they quickly put away that heresy, and they came up with the Nicene Creed. We're going to read it today together as, as we conclude this service. Uh, the, what it says about Jesus, that he's fully God. He's God from God. He's light from light. True God from true God. He's begotten, not made one in being with the Father. That's this point. This is number two, that Jesus is fully God. Point number three is this, that Jesus is one with the Father. Point three, Jesus is one with the Father. That God the Father, God the Spirit, God Jesus are one in being. And we could have another sermon about the Trinity and we could talk about theology, Christology, pneumatology, the study of the Spirit, the study of Jesus, the study of God the Father. And we would all come to this conclusion that texts of Scripture so clearly say that Jesus claimed to be God, He was God. The first believers, the disciples all said, This is fully. God. Now, Arianism uh, is alive and well today. I think people that would say that Jesus is just a good teacher, a good prophet, would fall under this heresy of, of Arianism. There's other religions, uh, I'll name a few. Uh, Mormonism, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, also uh, 12 tribes, there's a coffee shop in town run by this uh, religious organization called 12 tribes, they would all fall under this category of Arianism. They would say that Jesus is, is in some ways a, a good person, a teacher, maybe even a savior, but they would say that he is not fully God. And, and to all that, we would we would just agree to disagree. Like well, will core to our belief of the scriptures and who Jesus is, is that he is fully God. So going back to this uh, council of Nicaea, here's your closing story about Santa Claus. Are you ready for this? I promised you a story about Santa Claus, and here it is, and some of you uh, are gonna be like, where is he? Going with this, what in the world is he about to say? Uh, Well, here's what I'm about to say. So, at the Council of Nicaea, about 300 something AD, 350 AD, there was this council, and everyone's on the same page. Jesus is God. Everyone's declaring that. Uh, Arius gets up, and he begins to speak about Jesus not being fully God. And there was one. There was all bishops there, leaders of cities, and one of them uh, had the name of Nicholas. We might call him St. Nicholas. Did you know that there's a real person in real history called St. Nicholas? He was a bishop of what is today Turkey, uh, in a city there, uh, Myra. Is that where he's? uh, I'm speaking off the top of my head now of where he was a bishop. But a real guy in history, he was at the Council of Nicaea. And he began to hear Arius speak about Jesus not being fully God. And do you know what he did? Some of you might know the story. He got up, walked over to Arius, and guess what he did? Bap Slapped him right in the face. Like That's the real Santa Claus. That's the Santa Claus I can get behind. All this week when you see a picture of Santa Claus, I want you to think of this story. The real St. Nicholas slapping someone because they're speaking uh, negatively against his Lord and Savior and God, Jesus. Now this all reminds me, some of you are already rolling your eyes. You're about to roll your eyes even more because I'm going to compare it to the Academy Awards about a year and a half ago. So there was a guy, Chris, what's his name, Chris Rock, is, is saying uh, some jokes and stuff, makes a joke about Will Smith's wife and her hair, and she had lost her hair. It's just a, just a mean joke. Uh, let's be honest, a mean joke. And what does Will Smith do? You've all seen it on, on, on YouTube. You've all seen it in replay. Will Smith just nonchalantly walks over, leans back, and whoop, slaps Chris Rock right in the face. Now, I, that's wrong. And Chris and, and Chris Rock didn't know what to do, and he begins to stutter. And he was like, I just got slapped by uh, Will Smith. And Will Smith, the next day, would go on to apologize to the Academy, to everyone watching. He would go on to apologize to Chris Rock, and he would be banned. He's banned now from attending Academy Awards for 10 years. He's got a 10-year ban. And even like virtually, like he even got banned virtually from attending. The, it's like, is he going to slap someone through the screen? Like, what in the world? Uh, but he's banned. And 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 I know you're rolling your eyes at this whole story and comparison, but Saint Nicholas, Saint Nicholas, this real character, uh, slapped Arius and then gets banned from the council. Very similar, he gets stripped of his bishops because that's not what we do as Christians. That we don't slap people that speak negatively against us or anyone else. We deal with things in different ways. We turn the other cheek. But there's some, and maybe I'm just thinking crazy stuff right here. But there's some comparisons to these two stories that both of these men were just overcome and totally, uh, like, they couldn't handle themselves. They were just acting out because someone was speaking harshly about someone they loved. And I'll close with this idea as, as I give you a sermon nugget and conclusion here that that Jesus... He's not just a good teacher. He is a good teacher. He's, a, he's the best prophet. He is uh, a, a, the guide. He's the best guide. But he's not just those things. He is fully God. He's not just the messenger. He's the message. And he is the message sender himself. The one who has come to tell us that he is the way to salvation. He is salvation himself. I'll say this. You could write this down. Here's a great nugget for you. Uh, it's not my saying But Jesus did not come to make good people better. Jesus came to make dead people alive. I'll say that again. Jesus did not just come to make good people better. Jesus came to make dead people alive. Would you stand with me? The the band can come. There's one last song. They're gonna lead us. If you're serving communion, would you come and would you prepare these elements? Before we receive communion, I, I said we were going to do this. We're going to say in unison, the Nicene Creed, and there's churches all over the world right now saying this creed. Many churches say this every Sunday, Uh, and so all over the world, Christians gather together, uh, and uh, in this creed, it says that the church is one holy Catholic apostolic, and that word Catholic, it doesn't necessarily mean Roman Catholic, it means universal, and so we can join all churches In the world, today, past, present, future, saying this creed, this is the statement, a two-paragraph statement of, this is the summary of what we believe together. So would you say these words? Would you pray these words with me in unison? We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and life in the world to come. Amen. If you declared those words with me, If you believe in Jesus, if you would say, I believe, help my unbelief. You're invited to come receive communion today. You don't need to be a member of this church. Come receive. The the communion servers will say the body and blood of Christ for you. Would you take it? Would you receive it? Would you go back and just hold it? I'll come right back up. We'll all take it together in unison. This is the Lord's table. Come. i Remember that Christ's body was broken for you. He is the Savior. He's the one who doesn't just show the way, he is the way. So we receive this bread in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Would you eat it with me? We also take the cup, the cup Jesus lifted the last night before he was killed the next day with his friends and disciples. And He said, this is a cup of a new covenant. My blood is, shed for those who have hope and are remembering that this is the cup of salvation. Would you receive it with me? So now, Lord, we pray and we we thank you that you are the Lord, the Savior, the Christ, the one who is and was and will come again. Lord, we worship you. We praise your holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All God's people said amen. Well, as you leave from here. I want to invite the prayer team to come back down. I'll be down here as well to pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. Put our hands on you. Anoint you with oil. Just come down and we'll pray with you. If you're new or newish, I see a couple new faces. Uh, as you leave, uh, uh, I think around the corner or outside, there's a guest table. We have guest cards. You could fill it out by hand or you could scan the QR code on the seat backs and, and I'll get in touch with you. We'll put you on our email list. Maybe you've been coming for a little while and you're like, I didn't know there was an email list. We would love to put that uh, put. You- you on the email list to so do that we have a gift for you as well it's a it's a one-year devotional written by our senior pastor at new life north and it's we we, we got to do it as a family it's wonderful a couple more announcements for you uh there's a bake sale today so our youth ministry has put on a bake sale and i don't hold that lightly they, they're like we want to raise money to get the word out in manitou high school about the youth ministry and about jesus so as you leave today there's a bake sale bless them with money take some of them their goodies and the money will go for marketing and outreach to the local high school here in Manitou. Uh, We also have a Christmas choir. Anybody like to sing? Oh, come on. Anybody like to sing? Praise God. Okay, you can be in the choir. We will train you. Come this Tuesday, 5.30, right here. Just come. There's also a sign up outside so we could send you the songs in advance. So you know what songs we're gonna sing, but we would love to have you be in our Christmas choir on Christmas Eve. So that's uh, Tuesday. Come right here, 5.30. Uh, once again, Christmas Eve services, two and four. Grab a bunch of those invitations. Give them to your friends and family. Let's get the word out that Jesus is the light of the world. Amen? Let me pray a blessing over you. Lord, would you bless and keep. Would you make your face to shine upon us. Lord, would you lift your countenance upon us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we invite your blessing into our lives. And we pray it and we believe it. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Go in peace.